0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you much better. We'd like to welcome our newest listeners from the countries of Nepal, Denmark, and the Ukraine. Thank you for listening to us, and please share us with your friends who may be grieving also. I'd also like to take a moment to acknowledge my grandmother's anniversary of her death. She died today, March 14th, in 1995, at 7.30 p.m. I was so grateful that I was able to be with her when she moved from here to heaven. I miss her. I think of her often. She was so precious to me, as I'm sure your loved ones were so precious to you. And I just wanted to acknowledge this day. I'd also like to remind you to visit the Mary Mac store and find some beautiful products, not just for yourself, but to give as a gift to others who are grieving. And you could go to my website, marymac.info, and find the store tab at the top. So today, I'd like to talk to you about how to live while grieving. Now that might sound a little funny, a little silly almost, but over my 35 years of helping the bereaved, there have been many lovely folks who I've met along the way, who after they've experienced the death of a certain person in their life, well, they've decided to emotionally bury their lives also. So what do I mean by that? Well, they've buried so many parts of themselves for so long because the person they love is no longer with them. They may have buried their emotions by putting on a mask and acting like all is okay when it clearly isn't. They may have buried their physical body by using food as their crutch. They may have buried themselves inside the house and isolating by not connecting with other family and friends. They may have buried themselves in work by becoming a workaholic, working many more hours than is necessary because they can't stand to be home alone, or they can't bear the grief that all their other family members are having. It's just too painful to see all this sorrow each night when they arrive home. They may have buried themselves in housework to keep themselves busy to not think about the death of their loved one. If they stay busy, they believe they can override their pain. They might even numb themselves with alcohol and drugs so they won't feel their overwhelming loss. They might use shopping or retail therapy as a way to add more stuff to their closets and decor, as a way to soothe themselves all the while building debt that they don't need or can't pay off from their credit cards. There is no doubt that when we have experienced the death of someone, especially close to us, we grieve deeply and for a long period of time. Our whole world is turned upside down, and whether we anticipated their death, as in the case of a long, perhaps chronic illness, or whether it was sudden, we are still shocked that they died when they did and how they did. And that death and the shock it produces throws us into a state where all we can think about is our emotional pain. And when and if we will ever recover from it. So how do you hibernate from your grief? How do you escape? What do you do to sidestep all this pain? There is no doubt that we are entitled to feel all we feel for as long as we feel it. Yet when I hear of people who cannot function in life, cannot work, cannot go outside, cannot visit with people, or those who choose not to, I am left wondering why it is that they have decided to basically exit from the rest of their lives. Now, you may not do this to the extreme. You may just choose to do some part of it. But if you are really truthful with yourself, you might ask yourself, What part of my life have I curtailed either temporarily or permanently since my loved one died? And what has this cost me? I recently watched another biography on the life of Queen Victoria of Great Britain, who lived from 1837 to 1901, before the current Queen Elizabeth II. She was the longest reigning monarch in the world. She became queen at 18 and married her beloved Prince Albert young and had nine children. They had a wonderful love affair while handling the duties of Queen of the British Empire, which included, among others, some Caribbean islands, India, and Hong Kong at the time. But at the age of 42, Albert succumbed to typhoid fever and died, leaving Queen Victoria inconsolable. From that moment on, she wore only black and secluded herself completely for 15 years. It wasn't until she met Mr. Brown, who befriended her, that she started to come out again and live her life with more joy. When we love so deeply, we grieve so deeply and we have a hard time acknowledging that they are no longer here with us. Perhaps it was a miscarriage, or several. Perhaps it was a stillbirth, or an infant death. A young child's death, a teen's death, a young adult's death. No matter how old you are, when you lose a child, it makes no sense. Children aren't supposed to predecease their parents, and it leaves us confused and shocked that this could happen to us. Oh, yes, you've heard of others who became bereaved parents, but you never thought it could happen to you. Maybe it was your best sibling, a brother or sister, who you shared everything with. You thought you'd grow old together and your families would raise children together and go to graduations and weddings and christenings together. Perhaps it was your parent or parents. You knew they'd probably die before you, but did you ever think it would be so soon? There was so much more living they needed to do, and now you're alone and have become the matriarch or patriarch of your own family. Maybe it was your love, your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancé, maybe even your spouse. You had made all sorts of plans to live your lives together, all the vacations you planned, perhaps the wedding you were planning, the life you wanted to live together, deciding on where you'd live and what type of home you would share, how many children you might have, even where you wanted to retire. All these plans, all these dreams, all these hours of considering all these things that brought you so much joy. And now you sit here wondering if or whether You want to partake in all that joy ever again. Would it feel like a betrayal to live that life you planned all by yourself? Would the friends and children and siblings and parents and love of your life expect you to curtail your life? I think not. Now you might believe you have little to enjoy now that they've died. And if you've allowed yourself to slowly fall down that rabbit hole of sadness, that may be the case. But what happens if God isn't ready for you for another 20, 30, 40 years or more? If you're in your teens or a young adult listening to this, it might be 70 or more years with life expectancy today. Do you really want to live the shallow, sad life you've decided to carve out for yourself until then? Wow, that sounds quite painful and lonely to me. And I do not want that for you at all. I want you to live your very best life, and sure, that will take courage to move beyond the fear of trying again. Trying again to get pregnant in honor of the child you lost. Trying again to build a new friendship. Trying again to reconnect with your husband or wife after the death of a child you shared. Trying again to reconnect with your other siblings. Trying again to find a new companion, perhaps even a new spouse. What you are dealing with is fear, and if you haven't heard, the acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real, or false emotions appearing real. So let's pull apart the underlying issue which occurs here, our fear. Now most of us deal with fear in one form or another. We are afraid we can't go through life without them. We are afraid if we try again, the same thing will happen. We are afraid that if we rebuild a new friendship or love, it will never be like it was before with the person who died. Well, all that is true. We can't guarantee we will get pregnant again and have a successful pregnancy with a healthy child being born. And we can't guarantee a new friendship will be a good one. We can't guarantee that if we become vulnerable to build a new relationship with a different sibling, that it will somehow work just as well as it did with a sibling who died. And there is definitely no guarantee that your new love will be as sweet as your husband or wife who died. But what happens if it works? What happens if you have a successful pregnancy, maybe even have twins? What happens if you engage in several great friendships that you build slowly, letting them know you are now rebuilding a new life after your loved one's death? What if they are just as vulnerable as you are, having experienced a death also in their life? What if you started slowly in building a new romantic relationship with someone who is also a widow or widower? They know the pain, and both of you can cautiously build something new together. Life is not easy. Life can be quite hard sometimes. And it's also not fair. Wouldn't it have been nice if when we were young, somebody taught us that? But God placed a great trait in all of us, and that is resilience. We may not feel like we have this inside, but I'm here to tell you, you absolutely do. And to trigger it within, you need to take baby steps. Just like I encourage you each night to write five things in your journal that you are grateful for, because when you do that, You are concentrating on the positive, uplifting things in your life, and not concentrating on what you lost, but instead what you are gaining. You have focused for years on what you've lost. You think about it all the time. Exactly how are you going to live your best life now if all you do is look at the past? Now, don't get me wrong. They will always be a huge part of your life. But if you are to actually live your life now, each moment of each day, you need to get to the place where you honor their memory, you memorialize them in many different ways. You write them a long letter of goodbye, so you will feel you have done everything you needed to do to let that relationship rest. Now is your time to allow yourself, give yourself permission to live again, truly live again. What groups and hobbies have you been putting off since they died? What family events have you chosen not to attend? What holidays did you skip because you didn't feel ready? What dinners with friends have you turned down so many times that they've stopped inviting you? You have all the strength and resilience within you to begin a new life. You might feel how unfair that is, but I'm unfortunately here to tell you, it's the way it is. You didn't expect it, you didn't plan it, and even when they were sick for a long time, you still never thought it would feel or be like this. So please, I want you to do these things for me this week. I want you to call a crisis counselor and start to get out all the anger, tears, guilt, fear, and any other emotion you've been holding on to for years which has kept you stuck. You can find a crisis hotline or helpline on my website, MaryMac.info, at the top tabs. If you don't have a gratitude journal, please get one. I want you to listen to my episode one, which talks all about how to use it. And start to write in it each evening, thankful for even the littlest things that you were able to enjoy each day. The sun on your face, the clean sheets. The food you enjoyed, the walk you took today, the uplifting video that you found which made you smile and taught you something valuable, petting your fur baby and the comfort they brought you. If you are to get unstuck, you need to give yourself permission to heal and live your life again. Now a few more things. I want you to get a tube of red lipstick. And on the top of all your mirrors in the house, I want you to write, I am enough on each of them. I learned this from a very special teacher, Marissa Peer. Every time you pass it and read it aloud, your subconscious mind will take it in, and before you know it, you'll be feeling better and brighter because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between truth and fiction. You can also get a poster board or write on a large piece of paper, I am so happy and grateful now that I have, and then fill in the blank. That I have the perfect man for me. That I have the perfect woman for me. Or perfect companion for me. Or perfectly healthy child for me. Or perfect friend for me. So I will share a little secret with you. I was longing for just the right man for me several years back. And nothing good was happening in that area for a long time in my life. I remember sitting and waiting for that still, small voice inside, and I prayed, now exactly how do I word this on my vision board to meet someone that was right for me? Now perhaps you had the long list that I had too, but it wasn't working. And all of a sudden, I came up with, I am so happy and grateful now that I have the perfect man for me. And in three weeks, my David appeared. My someone who understands me is not someone that might be right for you. So be open to these exercises and see what happens. And do write me at the contact form on my website to share your news. And lastly, as in other episodes, I'll share the emotional freedom technique, which will help you tremendously to deal with your fear and other emotions. And go to my website, marymack.info, and find a solid support group or contact person in your area for the exact type of grief you are going through. If you are dealing with homicide or suicide or miscarriage, there are so many different organizations in this country and abroad. I have all the major national organizations listed under grief resources along the top margin of my website. Being with others who have had your experience and do know exactly how you feel will be enormously helpful to you. Remember, with little steps forward, many things are possible. You will never forget your loved one who left you too soon, but you must allow yourself permission to live again and love again. I'm right there with you in spirit. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you still think this is wacky, but just do it for me anyway, okay? much for listening in today and share my podcast with those who may benefit from this knowledge. Remember to write 5 things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. If you'd like to leave a comment on this episode, go to my website marymac.info and let your heart share what it needs to share in my blog for episode 67. And remember to sign up for my private list so we can stay in touch since social media is so unreliable these days. And you will receive my free book as well. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.